All right. Thank you, Jeremiah, for that prayer. Man, what a great prayer to start the year 2021. Happy New Year if you're just tuning in. I just wanted to remind you guys, man, I'm excited for this coming year because, one, 2020 is over. Praise the Lord for that. And we're going to be doing 2021. And I'm excited for what God has in store for us this year. Uh, Before we start, just a quick reminder again, if we are having live service here, and if you guys are feeling 2021, I really wanted to not be in my house because it's really hard for me to focus on connecting to God and having this time of service. I want to let you guys know our service is live. So you guys can come in and just sit in the back somewhere, sit in the corner somewhere, and just be a part of this place because I recognize space is very important when you come and to connect to God. So I don't want to keep that from you. So if you guys are feeling that way, you want to spend this year and you're able to come, come out and uh, be a part of that, okay? We really appreciate it for everybody else. We will fully convene when... It is safe to do so. So get ready for 2021. All right, guys. Every year, at the beginning of the year, I usually give a message about why we exist. Because you got to know the why if you're going to be here, right? Usually people don't know their why and they kind of meander through life. If you know why you exist, then you have a purpose and a direction to move forward. As a lot of us, we have to ask the question, why does TLC exist, right? Why does TLC exist? I'm going to try to give you that answer today because a year like 2020, when a lot of struggles, a lot of pain, a lot of issues comes up, it has this, this struggle and pain has the ability to give, give us a clearer direction to see why, but it also has a way of clouding our emotions to kind of neglect the why, right? Knowing the why is so important. Knowing the why is how we move. Like, I've given this example many times, you know, like, um, why do you think Apple exists, the company, Apple exists? Do you think they, they, they exist to sell computers? That's what they do. That's what they sell. Do you think they exist to sell iPhones and iPads and all the earbuds or whatever? Do you think that's their why? Why does Apple exist and why do they always outcompete their competitors? This is the answer. I'm not, I'm, this is not my Apple plug, but this is just a good example for it, okay? Um, the reason why... Apple does so well is because they sell their why so beautifully. Their why is this. We exist to challenge the status quo. We exist to be innovative. We exist to do something that nobody else has done. So when you buy our products, you're not buying the products. You're buying innovation. You're buying ahead of the game. You're buying something that no one else has done before. You are a part of something big. That's their why. And so people they love that why. And I'm telling you, I, Apple can sell you beds and you would buy the beds. Some of you are out there, right? Apple can come and sell a car and you will probably buy their cars because they have a clear why. So the question I want to ask is, do you know TLC's why? And if you know TLC's why, probably you understand your why as well. So let me share with you guys today the reason why TLC and you exist. Open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3, verses 7. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 7. This is Paul writing to the church in Ephesus, and he's talking about God's plan. He's talking about God's plan here, okay? Ephesians chapter 3, verse 7, okay? Why does TLC exist? Check this out. This is Paul speaking. He says, I became a servant of this gospel, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me to the working of his power. The first thing that we see here that Paul is saying is that 
The reason he exists is that he is a servant of the gospel, okay? We usually don't think of the gospel as something in need of service, right? We don't think that the gospel of Jesus Christ is something in need of service because when we think about the word service, what are we thinking about? We're thinking that we need to serve someone. We're thinking that we need to do something for someone that they can't do for themselves. That's what servant means. We think about uh, doing something for someone to help them be more successful, to help them uh, expand their sphere of influence, right? That's what it means to serve somebody. Here at TLC, Right? I, have a TT, I have an EM administrator. If you guys didn't know who he was, that's our brother Jason. He is the EM. He is pretty much the top dog of EM, right? He pretty much does all he does so that I can be here at this pulpit and preach to you without having a hundred things in my head to deal with, right? He does what he does as a way so that I can expand my influence here to you at home. Right? That's our brother. He pretty much takes care of all the crazy stuff so that I can preach this message to you without worry. And Paul said what? Paul said he became a servant. Everybody home say servant. He became a servant of the gospel. He did for the gospel what the gospel could not do for itself. Right? Check this out. He did for the gospel what the gospel could not do for itself. He made the gospel more successful. He made the gospel, he expanded the gospel, he shared the gospel, he expanded the influence of the gospel, right? He was a servant of the gospel. See, remember this, the gospel has power in itself. Later on in Romans, Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, because the gospel has power to transform lives. Gospel has power to do something that is unbelievable. It can change a life. But there is one thing the gospel can't do for itself. You know what that is? It can't share itself. It has to be transported. It has to be given by someone else. So Paul says what? I am a servant of the gospel. And when did he become a servant of the gospel? He became a servant of the gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through his power. You know what he's saying here? You know why he exists? He exists because he is a servant of the gospel when the moment he accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. He became a servant of the gospel at the moment of his conversion. The moment he called on Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, he took on the responsibility to be a servant of the gospel, to do for the gospel what it could not do for itself, to expand it, to express its sphere of influence, to make it more successful. And guess what? What's true of Paul is true of you. You have been given the responsibility of being a servant of the gospel. Those of you guys who are here at TLC. You have been given the responsibility of sharing the gospel. You have been given the responsibility of making the gospel more successful. You have been given the responsibility of expanding its influence, and you asked me the question, whoa, 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 PT, when did that happen? The moment you said, Jesus Christ, would you be my Lord and Savior? It could have been when you were just a kid in Sunday school, right? And your Sunday school teacher said, would you like to accept Jesus Christ into your life as your Lord and Savior? And you bowed your head and you prayed that prayer and you did. That moment 
when God's grace fell upon you is the moment you took on the responsibility to be a servant of the gospel, to do for it what it cannot do for itself, to expand it, to make it more successful, to spread the sphere of influence to the world around you. The moment you declared that, it could have been when you were in youth group at a retreat, when you bowed your head and you cried before God, I am a wretched sinner I am. Oh, God, would you come and save me? That moment when you bowed your head and said that, guess what, guys? You became a servant of the gospel. It could have been when you were a guy a little bit older in college ministry, right? When you recognize that life is actually very, that it sucks, and that the only thing that actually makes sense, the only thing that's consistent, the only thing that is powerful enough to change is the gospel of Jesus Christ, and you bow your heads and accepted him as your Lord and Savior. In that moment, you accepted the responsibility of being a servant of the gospel. Happy New Year, guys. I'm here to tell you your responsibility. You are a servant of the gospel. And I know you guys are thinking this, whoa, man, whoa, PT, like, who would do that? Who would commit to something, right? Who would commit to something like that? Who would sign up for something like that? No one takes on that much responsibility from a simple commitment. Yeah, you do. You do this all the time. The moment you, you call your, your boyfriend, your, uh, you, you call your guy, your girl, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, the moment you guys said, like, yeah, this is my significant other, that's a simple commitment, but you took on a lot of responsibility. You know why? Because you got to call them to check in every night now, right? You got you to gotta make sure you don't forget the anniversaries and the dates. You got to make sure the birthdays are in your calendar book. You gotta, there's a lot of responsibility that you took on the moment you made a very simple commitment by saying, yeah, I'll be your boyfriend. Yeah, I'll be your girlfriend, right? And not only that, the moment you said, I do, some of all you married people out there, the moment you said, I do, you understand this. You said, I do. It was a very special commitment, simple commitment. Before the altar, it was nice. It was, it was fun. You know, everyone was like, yay. But the moment you said, I do, you took on a huge responsibility from a simple commitment, the responsibility of loving your wife as Christ loved the church. To make sure that you sleep last at night. To make sure you do everything you can possibly do, brothers, to, to fulfill her dreams and her goals. To make her feel loved. To make the provision of the house. To create a spiritual atmosphere for your family. The moment you said, I do, you took on that responsibility. You understand this. So in the same way, the moment you declare that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, is the moment you took on the responsibility of what? I am a servant of the gospel. Why do we exist? We are servants of this gospel, family. Why do we exist? We are servants of this gospel. We do for the gospel what it cannot do for itself. It has power to transform lives, but it needs someone to make it. It needs someone to expand the sphere of influence. It needs someone to share it. It needs someone to preach it. It needs someone to give it. The moment you called on Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you took on the responsibility to be a servant of the gospel. Happy New Year, guys. That's your responsibility, right? What a great year, right? But what else? What did Paul say here? Why do we exist? We're servants of the gospel to what? Verse 8, although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, Paul says, this grace was given me. To preach 
to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ. Paul is saying, look, I'm a servant of the gospel, not just to some random location. I'm a servant of the gospel to who? To the Gentiles. We, are, we exist to be servants of the gospel to preach the gospel to as many people as he has given us. Paul is the most well-traveled person. He's been to Asia, Macedonia, Europe. He traveled all over. But he always said what? I am a servant of the gospel to the Gentiles. Not to a country, not to a place, but to a people. Right? Your responsibility is, simp- is not simply to bring the gospel to some far-off country once a year, all my short-term missionaries out there but rather realize that your responsibility is to share and be a, a servant of the gospel to as many people you have around you. Your family members, your colleagues at work, your friends, your sphere of influence, right? You know, oftentimes at church, when I ask people, hey, what do you think you're called to do as a Christian? What do you think you're called to do? I get, I get the generic answers, you know, love God, be good, you know. Sometimes I get the I'm here to share the message of Jesus Christ. I'm like, all right, that's awesome, man. And, when, and I love that. That's awesome. Those aren't bad answers. But when I, I, I do ask a follow-up question, I ask him, hey, why do you share the gospel? Or who do you share the gospel to? Right? Who have you shared the gospel to? And then usually the answer is, you know, it's, it's easier when I do it as a group. It's easier when I do it as a, as, a, as a small group or as a community or when the church has a program that we do it. That's when I usually do my, all my gospel sharing. So I look at them, I always say, so, so what you're saying is, you're not called to share the message, you're just called to participate in a program when it's convenient for you. See, you are a servant of the gospel to as many people as God has placed around you. Not when it's convenient, not when the program fits your needs, not when everything is aligned for your liking, You are a servant of the gospel to a specific people all the time. See, even when we had a program, honestly, we had a 12-week Spread Love Not Fear campaign. And we had a lot of people had a hard time being a part of that. So when you tell me that you exist and you're called to share the gospel, who are you sharing the gospel to? Is it just mere words? formalities of things to say, knowing that you're supposed to say something? Or are you actually living out the reason why you exist? Because TLC 2021, I want you guys to understand this above all else. I want you to know your why. You are here to be a servant of the gospel to the people around you. Whether it's your family members, whether it's your colleague, friends at school, friends at work, your sphere of influence, you are called to be a messenger of the gospel, to expand its influence, to share its message, to make it successful. I'm here to remind you of your responsibility today. Happy New Year's, TLC. You are responsible to get the gospel to as many people as possible. Not wait for some opportune stars align, everything feels right in my life emotionally, now I can actually say something about the gospel of Jesus Christ. No, you are called to be a servant of the gospel. Here, check this out. The last point. 
Why do we exist? Serving of the gospel to as many people as possible. Verse 8 to 13, it says, 9 to 13, it says this. And to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. His intent was that now through the church, through you, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. See, why do we exist, church? We are servants of the gospel to people for eternal purposes. We are servants of the gospel to people for eternal purposes. Right? When the Bible says in verse 9, the, min- the administration of this mystery. What is this mystery? What is this mystery that God has created? It was simple. The picture is like this. God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in and of himself, beauty and wonders beyond compare, did not want to keep his, himself as he is, but to want to share in the beauty and the awesomeness of him. So he creates the universe. And in the creation of the universe, he creates man. Mankind. And in creating mankind, he has made mankind in his image to do what? To share in his rule to all the earth, to bring Eden to the whole entire earth. He wanted humanity to experience and to be a part of his beauty and his goodness, to share in his rule. And what happened? What happened was man sinned. We, we decided that we can do this without God. We separated ourselves from him, and this is what happened. He fought to redeem us back. He fought and he gave us his son, Jesus Christ, to come and to bring redemption back so that what? Now that he can gather once again a people to share in his goodness to share in his beauty. He wants people, he wants to have you understand that you were made not to suffer, that you were made for bigger things, that you were made for God's glory and purpose to enjoy the beauty of who he is. That's what you were destined for. And he is redeeming a people back to him. This is the administration of the mystery that the Bible talks about. You see, a lot of us, Broken people, and we see it this past year, broken people trying to break down things and recreate new things. But broken people can only make broken things, guys. But what does God do in his mystery? The servants of the gospel go out to people to share in the beauty of this message, to redeem a people back to him, to take what is broken and to make it whole and beautiful and let that beauty shine before others. That's his mystery. And when you enter into sharing the gospel, you enter into verse 11, according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. He did this so that you enter into something that has eternal, lasting impact. 
that you would do something that would have eternal impact. See, a lot of us, a lot, listen guys, a lot of us, you enter and you try to do something. And you like, I have, I have people, a lot, of you, a lot of you young brothers and sisters out there. You said, you know, I, wanna, I don't want to live an ordinary life, PT. I want to live for passion. I want to do what inspires me. I want to chase my dreams. Amen to that. Go ahead and do that. But let me tell you one thing. Let me tell you one thing, and I want you to understand this. Everything you chase after will never last. And everything you accomplish will never last. Because those are things founded and done by human hands. They feel good for a season, but they can never have eternal, lasting impact. Except for one thing, which is what? The gospel of Jesus Christ. Ordinary people with ordinary lives can do something so simple to have an eternal, lasting impact forever. And that's you. I know some of you guys are thinking, I can't. You know, the whole preaching the gospel thing, PT, that's not my thing, man. That's like, that's for other people. I'm just kind of like, my life is pretty basic, right? I have nothing else. Let me tell you something. My life is pretty basic too. What do you think I do every day? I wake up. I take a shower. I go to work. I have lunch. I work some more. I come home. Make some food. Hang out with my kids. Love on my wife. Put them to sleep. Watch some TV, go to sleep, wake up, start again. That's my life, right? I'm pretty sure that's a lot of your lives too, isn't it? Seems ordinary, right? But can I tell you something, guys? It's not about how grand and how great you do things in this moment. You can do a lot of great things. It's going to make a huge impact on people. And praise the Lord, more power to you. And if you do that, amen. But let me tell you one thing. There is only one thing that you can do that has eternal, lasting impact. It is to be a servant of the gospel in your ordinary life to people. Because when you do that, eternal impact happens. Wouldn't it be beautiful that you are part of something that lasts forever? Wouldn't it be amazing that you, in your daily, basic life, can do something that would have an impact for all eternity? This is for reals here, guys. Let me tell you something. I was thinking about that this week. I was thinking, well, the moment when I see God, you know what I'm going to ask him? When I see God, I'm going to ask him this. God, can you, um, can you, can you show me... Um, Oh, introduce me to that lady who stood outside my, my, my high school gate. I, I can't remember from the life of me what she looked like. I can't remember what race she was. I just knew that as I walked out of the gates of Laura High School, she handed me an orange little Gideon Bible with the New Testament. While I stood there, I didn't know what it was, but I knew it was sacred. And as I waited to get picked up for hours, to sat there and read. Can you introduce me to that lady? Because I want, you, I want her to know that her standing out to her, this ordinary woman who did such a very simple, ordinary thing, made it so that I will look at the word of God with sacredness for the rest of my life. God, I'm going to talk to God and I'm going to ask him, Lord, can you introduce me to the gentleman who shared his family Bible with me in the ICU when my father was passing away? And he let me read it while his family was having struggles too. I want, 
I want to say hi to that gentleman because I want him to know that I spent my whole entire life from that moment on reading this word. I'm going to talk to God. You know why? Because I want to ask him, Lord, can you introduce me to that dude on AIM, AOL Instant Messengers? For those of you guys who don't know, forget it. This ordinary guy, right, with, I don't even know his screen name. I forgot his screen name. Who apparently just messaged me out of the blue and asked me, do I know who Jesus Christ is? I want to tell him. I want to tell him. Man, that ordinary, simple life that you lived in those moments that you did it as a servant of the gospel of Jesus Christ had a lasting impact, not just for this Asian kid here, but to his family and his legacy. I want to ask God, Lord, is Miss Gulledge here? Is, is Miss Gulledge here, my second grade teacher, who had the courage to tell me that Christmas was about Jesus and not about presents under a tree? I want to talk to that lady. I want to thank her. For telling me for the first time in my life the name of Jesus Christ. So that I would worship him every Christmas. This is why we exist, church. This is why we exist. We are servants of the gospel. To expand its influence. To preach it. To share it. To all people around us. Not some, not when it's convenient, but to everyone around us so that it would have a lasting impact, eternal impact. We don't exist to make programs here, even though we do do pretty cool programs. We don't exist to put on a production, even though our productions are pretty awesome as well. That's not our purpose. That's not why we exist. We are servants of the gospel. We're not here to build a mega church to expand the name of TLC anywhere. We're here to be servants of the gospel to all people. I want to live an ordinary life with you guys, fam. I do. I want to build deep relationships here. I want to bring in new relationships here. I want to raise our kids together. I want to live ordinary lives. I want... I want to fight over stupid things that we end up laughing about a year or two. I want to have a beer on the weekend when we watch the game. I want to live an ordinary life with you and yet in our ordinary life be servants of the gospel so that we can be doing things that has lasting eternal impact. Why do we exist? We exist to make this good news known. The good news that can transform lives. And so I want to I end this message with, uh, with uh, blessing you with uh, Evan's, te- uh, Evan's going to share with us a little bit here about uh, something that's going on in, the, in, in, in this coming year. That's going to be very exciting for TLC, very exciting for his family. Do you know it's his 10th year wedding anniversary this next week? 10 years here being here with TLC, right, and now listening to him doing what he's going to do, being a servant of the gospel to people to make what? Eternal, lasting impact. Check this out, guys. Hey, what's going on, church? 
Well, as you just heard from Pastor Tony uh, about Paul and his, and his vision for the Gentiles, his passion to get the gospel out, uh, we can't help but think about uh, our own call to the rest of the world around us. We're all called to fulfill the Great Commission. That's making disciples who make disciples who make disciples until, well, 2,000 years later, here we are. But we're called as Christians as well to continue that multiplication process. Now, let's stop and think for a minute. There's probably somebody that you can think of that you could just visualize off the top of your head. Maybe it's somebody at work, somebody uh, in your family who doesn't know Jesus. They don't know Jesus. Maybe they're Buddhist. Maybe they're uh, living with their boyfriend or girlfriend. Maybe they are, uh, you know, doing drugs. Maybe they're whatever it is, right? And they want nothing to do with the church. So we have a few options. We can invite them over and over to our church. Or what would it look like for us as the church not the building, but the people to actually go to them. Why, after all, that's exactly what Jesus did, right? He was sent into our very context. Paul, in the same way, was sent into Gentile context, into places that didn't know anything about being the synagogue. It didn't know anything about being Jewish. And he began right where they were to form the church around them. You see, a church starting uh, is just a byproduct of evangelism and discipleship. Evangelism and discipleship is what starts a new church. Now, there have been talks for a while uh, about me potentially starting a new church. And, well, that is true. We, we, have been, uh, we have had that sense of call from God through the Holy Spirit for a number of years now. And we've been praying with TLC and with a number of other churches and, and denominational leaders and organizations about confirming that call. And we sense that as a church, uh, that this is now the time that the Spirit is really pushing us out to gain more territory for the kingdom. You might again say, why? Well, consider the fact that there are so many different people out here in different contexts, different languages. They're not all going to fit in the same mold. So we as Christians need to be able to go to them. What would it look like for you to go to your neighbors, to go to your family who doesn't know Jesus, and to say, hey, would, do you, do you want to meet up and have uh, talks about God? Do you want to talk about Jesus? And begin uh, to come together and gather out of that to form a brand new church for that context. That is what church planting is. That is what Paul did. That is what Jesus did in coming to us. And so that is what we are going to be doing starting this spring. I personally uh, will be stepping back out of my role as a pastor at TLC to begin that evangelism and discipleship a mission to uh, start a new church, uh, uh, a new gathering of people who don't know anything about Jesus. And uh, so we are going to need a lot of help in that. That is where all of you come in. We need three things, okay? We need prayer, we need provisions, and we need people. If you would like to partner in being part, okay, of, of this new expression of the kingdom in, in Little Saigon area, uh, we will certainly need prayer. And I'm going to ask for two-year commitment. If you can commit to praying for us for two years every single week, okay, uh, we will send you out an email of what our prayer needs and, and to celebrate together, hey, this is what we're seeing the Spirit do. It's really exciting to track with us over the next uh, two years. We would love to have you do that. Um, so go ahead and message me, or you can email me, or just come talk to me uh, whenever, wherever you see me out here going shopping or whatever. Uh, and that would be a step one prayer partner. Step two would be uh, provisions. We definitely need help with funding. Uh, starting and getting anything off the ground, of course, we require some amount of funding. So uh, please message me if you are interested in that. And finally, we need, and most importantly, you need, we need people. Okay, well, they're all important, but you know.
Uh, we do actually need people. Why? Because you are the church, and you are sent and called into the world. You have those friends. You have those family. And now is the time. You have those neighbors. And now is the time uh, where they are craving and thirsting for community. They've been locked up for over a year, okay, with uh, the COVID-19 pandemic. There are people who have been hurt by it. There are people who have been sick. There are, there's so much division going on. And it's tumbled up all of their uh, daily rhythms and habits. Now is the perfect opportunity for us as the church to get out there, to share the gospel, and to start forming new realities for them, new kingdom realities, and to further the kingdom of God. So would you consider an 18-month uh, mission with, uh, with me? Okay, in joining me, in, and you'll receive training. Don't worry, we're going to walk through this together as a team uh, to go out and make disciples who make disciples who will be able to reach for the next uh, 2,000 years or until Christ comes. So uh, pray about those things. If you are interested, please talk to Pastor Tony or Pastor Lynn. If you need more clarity or any more uh, strategy and you have some more questions, please, please, please feel free to uh, uh, hit me up on, on Facebook, on the Messenger, or, or just call me, whatever you want to do. We could get together uh, and social distance and talk or Zoom or however we make it work. Uh, but please pray for us and consider uh, for yourselves if, if God is moving in that way uh, to get you out to reach those people and to start up uh, something new. All right. Hey. Didn't I tell you 2021 is going to be exciting, right? And so you heard uh, Pastor Evan talked about it. If you are, if you saw that and you're like, man, I, I want to I I be a part of that, I want you guys to let me know and we'll, we'll get you signed up. Because here's the thing, guys. I'm not worried about how big we build. I'm more worried about whether you're actually living out why you exist. Are you serving of the gospel, preaching the gospel to people all around you, right? If you're doing that, man, it doesn't matter where you're doing it. You know, we're going to celebrate. We're going to do a great thing. So if you're excited about that, let me know, and let's get started on that journey, okay? Um, we have a lot of other things planned. I'm going to share with you guys the vision next, year, uh, next week about uh, the rest of what's happening on TLC. But that's the first big news that's being dropped in 2021. We're planning a church. Uh, Brother Evan is going to be a part of putting that together. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. And he needs, he needs prayer, he needs provision, and he needs people. So come alongside that. Let's work out and let's make the reason why we exist become a reality. Don't tell me you live to share the gospel and never share the gospel. All right, guys, let's bow our heads, let's pray.